0: to get into part three of legacy and we've kind of defined legacy as this. Legacy is living a life that outlives me. Will you say that with me? Legacy is living a life that outlives me. Now, if you missed any of this, I encourage you to go back and watch and listen to the series to catch up because if you missed a little bit of it, you could be out of step a little bit on it. Our first message, we talked about the purpose. As believers, our purpose is to build God's kingdom, to build God's church, to see people come into the kingdom of heaven, and that is a generational call. Abrahams, the Isaacs, and the Jacobs, and that's what we're doing. Then last week, we talked about God's dream. God has a dream. His dream is to have a family. And believers if you're a believer in Jesus Christ you make up his family this weekend I want to talk about vision because the essence of vision is the ability to see farther than your physical eyes I I touched it a little last weekend when I talked about the blind man that Jesus healed and then he said can you see and he said I can see men like trees walking and Jesus is actually and I'm paraphrasing saying well can you see beyond that can you see in the spiritual And and that's why you need to go back and listen to it. This will even help fit into this message. The greatest gift God ever gave man is not his sight, but vision. Sight is a function of the eyes. Vision is a function of the heart. So you can have sight and no vision. Here's how I define vision. Vision is seeing the future before it comes into sight. Vision is seeing the future before it comes into sight. So God has placed in each person, each member of his family a vision It's designed to give you purpose and meaning to life. So let me ask you a couple personal questions. Do you have a sense of personal purpose? Does your purpose give you a passion for living life? Like the disciples had a passion to see God's message and the church birth and and, and, and we're here because of that passion do I really need to have a reason for my existence some may think yes you do here's why life is intended to have meaning and as believers we're to have passion to build the kingdom of God that's the church where people come into the gates of heaven the problem is most people have no vision beyond their current circumstances their current place in life when people are hopeless about their situations they become resentful of work, they have this frustration with, with, with income, with debt, with, with family, and they feel like they're just wasting their lives. And that's where the Proverbs comes in that all of us probably know, where the Proverbs, where the writer said, where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, here's what that means. Let me paraphrase it to the 21st century. It, where there is no capacity to see beyond the natural realm, then people either lack the ability to restrain the sin nature or to stay dedicated in doing God's will for their lives. I'm gonna say it again. It's 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 there is no compass if there's no capacity to have vision, to see beyond the natural, to see in the spiritual, to see the vision of what's ahead, even though in the natural you can't see it. Can you see beyond the trees? Then when people when, when they when that's not existing, then people either lack the ability to restrain from the sin nature, so they're constantly battling sin, or they they, 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 they can't Stay dedicated to doing God's will and purpose on the earth so their life is a spiritual roller coaster If you don't be if you can't see beyond the now you're trapped in the now and you can't see tomorrow And so you only wonder you only imagine what tomorrow will bring And you know God created us in his own image. But then after the creation, God says in Genesis 128, God blessed them and he said to them, Adam and Eve, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. With only two people on the earth, God is saying you will completely fill it you will you will take dominion over the earth in other words God says God shows them what success is going to look like you are to be successful on this earth later on we've talked about Abraham but after this creation later on God finds a man by the name of Abram changes name to Abraham which is the father of many nations and in Genesis 12:2, here's what God said to him I will make you a great nation I will bless you make your name great and you shall be a blessing I will bless those who bless you I will curse those who curse you and in you and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in and through you Because here's the covenant that's established all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's us I asked you last week Do you want to be blessed and and yes because if you're not blessed then you're cursed and listen curse is a spirit? That's on this earth. It's not a curse like you're watching in the movies this earth because of the sin nature has a Spiritual curse on it. It doesn't have the blessings of God So if I want to be blessed God has provided it through Abraham so every family can be blessed how did it happen well Abraham was the beginning of the Jewish race and then Jesus Christ came and through his lineage and, and what he did he blessed every family on the earth at the beginning God is talking about the beginning he said I am I am the God in other words there is no God like me here's why because I can tell you the end from the beginning why does he tell us that to encourage us to show us what a successful life looks like and he's here's what he's saying I'm going to give you a picture. I'm going to give you a vision of what your life looks like. The devil shows us a picture of fear and confusion, but God shows us the end from the beginning. He opens the curtain to your vision. So let's open the curtain to vision. I'm going to start in Ephesians 1, verse 17. Then the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So here's what's happening. Paul wrote this. He's praying for the church of Ephesus, just like I am praying for the church at City Hope, this same prayer. He knows that the church loves God, and he's praying that God may give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation. In other words, an impartation from God. How, how's he going to do that? That the eyes of their understanding are open and that their spirit being is open So they have spiritual vision They see things in the spirit that are coming and they have the peace of God when, when you have spiritual vision Then here are three things that you can know one. You know your purpose Two, you know your inheritance Three, you know God's power. Why do I need to know God's power? Because that's how I'm going to fulfill the vision See, it doesn't matter what you currently have or don't have as long as you can see spiritual vision. While the poorest person in the world is someone without a dream, the most frustrated person in the world is someone who has a dream but doesn't know how to bring it to pass. And the vision is the primary motivator of human action. Therefore, everything we should do because of the vision of God has been placed in your heart before their mother's womb scripture teaches us that it's all in the psalm before you were formed not only did he know your name but he put a vision he put a spiritual vision in you and that's what God is carrying and he's waiting on you so when he says I need you to see beyond the trees I need you to see beyond the natural because if you're born again you're a spiritual being and if you're a spiritual being God said I've got a spiritual picture for you you're not just going through life and doing the same old same old I have a spiritual vision and I I want to see you I want you to see it because without vision you have no value to guide your living Did you hear me without spiritual vision? You have no values to guide your 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 living That's why the, the proverb says that people without vision run without restraint Because there's no value to keep you within the lines many people are for example many people are working just for money That's an inferior reason to work. We must work the vision within us You you, you don't need to do the job that people say, if you do that job, you take that career, you'll be wealthy. You need to do what you were born to do because that's where you will reach your success, your provision, your prosperity, and your blessing. No matter how big this world is, over seven and a half billion people, God has a place for your vision because he ordained it before the time from the very very beginning before earth was formed he has your vision imparted to you and waiting on you to connect to that vision and whatever's going on in our world God has a place that your vision fits in vision comes from God God created you with a purpose and your purpose is already completed in God if God established it's completed Purpose is the source of your vision and it's existed before you do. So he ordained you before birth to carry it out. So, vision, watch, isn't really about us. Spiritual vision is about God. So, here's what I want to look at how, how, I want to look at how does God make vision work in just practical terms? I mean, you've probably heard a lot of what I've already said before, you, you've probably heard things similar. But how does God take vision if it's there before we're created? How does he make it work in practical terms? Well, I'm going to show you. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. I'm going to show you a lot of little settings here. And I'm going to build this so you will understand how God ordained this to work. So let me go to 2 Samuel 11.1. Listen to this verse. It happened in the spring of the year at the time when kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at Jerusalem. So watch. David is a king. He's supposed to be at war decides not to go to do what kings do. He stays in Jerusalem You know the story he goes to the rooftop. He looks across the roof He burns with lust and before the evening is over he's committed adultery and then there's the cover-up And then a man dies and then an innocent baby dies. I promise you that that's not what David wanted. David just wanted sex It never crossed his mind that killing Uriah would stop him from doing the single thing he wanted to do in his life. What did he want to do? He wanted to build the temple of God that's what he was compassionate about and God says no you can't build it now because you have shed innocent blood all the killing of the enemies of Israel that has nothing to do with it you have shed innocent blood if you remember in the first message in this series in Isaiah 22 he, the, the, the prophet talked about the keys to the house of David that represents the kingdom that's exactly what he's talking about so what could David do well he got the plans drawn up he had the resources put together you can't build it and so he had to let his son build it so here's the king David who didn't act like a king and innocent people got hurt let's look at another king his name is Saul first king of Israel he's been king about two years God's number one enemy the Philistines are attacking Israel so King Saul is has to go fight them it's his first battle to defend the nation so he sends word for the armies for all the armies to come to Gilgal and meet him there and then he calls for Samuel the priest the prophet but why does he do that because in Deuteronomy 20 Moses told them that before any king that went to battle the priest of God had to come to the king for God and speak the blessing of God over him and the army. So he's forbidden to go to war without the priests speaking and blessing over them and offering peace offerings and burnt offerings before they went to war. So Saul sent word for Samuel to come and they wait for the priest. First Samuel 13, verse 8, and he waited seven days. And by the way, Samuel said, I'll be there in seven days. So don't think he's running really late. So he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. The people were scattered from him. So Saul said, bring a burnt offering and a peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offerings. The pressure is being applied. The enemy's attacking. Some of the army is probably going home and leaving. And they need to go to battle. The priest hasn't come. So here's what happened. He, he offered the offerings. Should Saul have offered the offerings? No. And I think it's almost like as soon as he finishes Samuel arrives Saul runs to Samuel just to, 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 to maybe say you know hey listen kind of prepping and, and Samuel just says what have you done in verse 13 Samuel goes on to say to Saul you've done foolishly you've not kept the commandment of the Lord your God which he commanded you for now the Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever but now your kingdom shall not continue the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart this man Saul lost his kingdom over a burnt offering go back to King David after he's become king you remember the story of the Ark of the Covenant the Philistines that stole the Ark of the Covenant the presence of God David decides we're going to go get the Ark and bring it back the presence of God back to Jerusalem so what does he do He takes a group of men he goes to this farmers house to get the Ark they put it on a cart they're bringing it back the wagon hits a bump in the road the Ark's about to fall over one of the men reaches up to steady the Ark and he touches it and he drops dead this man was just there to help David. David asked him to be there and he dies. When you read the Bible and you see stories where it appears that God is overreacting, what is happening is there's a truth that God is protecting. It's a truth so powerful he cannot risk he cannot run the risk of humans polluting it, so he protects it whatever the cost. So Saul lost the kingdom Uzzah, who touched the ark, lost his life, and David, the the king, uh, you know, he's standing there wondering what in the world's going on. A few days later, he goes to the Levite priest. He got the order right, loaded up the ark with the priest, brought it back to Jerusalem. No one died, no one gets hurt. Why? Because the priests were anointed to handle the ark of the covenant, and David was king, and he wasn't when kings try to act like priests innocent people get hurt and when kings don't act like kings innocent people get hurt this is a divine partnership in the Old Testament that exists between the two most powerful offices or callings on the face of the earth in the Old Testament it's called kings and priests they work together for the good and the common interest the mutual respect for the good of the kingdom and, and, and so why would kings and priests work together? To build the kingdom. Because there's a priest over the kingdom, over the city. The walls are built for protection. The water's brought in for, for, for living, and the food is brought in. So there's a king there, and there's a priest there. The priest hears from God. The kings operate to fulfill what they hear from God. And they work together out of common interest and mutual respect for the good of the kingdom. It's a divine partnership. In the Old Testament, a king would never lift his hand against the priest. Saul would never have touched Samuel. And, and a priest would never lift a hand against the king. They work together. And I know you may be thinking, well, those are are good stories, but what does that have to do with my life? Let me show you. In the first seven chapters of the book of Numbers, if you read that long, boring stuff, uh, you'll find God had 12 tribes. He took one of the tribes out, Levi, and made them the tribe of the priests. Then he takes the tribe of Joseph, splits it, and now they're back to 12 tribes. In those chapters, you'll find out that for every man that was a priest, there were 30 men that were not priests. More were not priests than were priests. And they never attempted. By the there was never an attempt by the tribe of Levi to convert anyone to become a priest. The other tribes were not called to be priests. The other tribes were called. The twelve tribes were called to be protectors of the kingdom, resource men and women for the kingdom, and guardians of their homes and their families within the confinement of their city. So, the other tribes are not called to be priests. And 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 there's never any idea that these tribes that. That the Levi tribe was superior. It's nowhere in the scripture that they're superior that they're at the top They're all treated equal. They had special callings. They worked together for the good of the kingdom How does that apply to me today? What is the practical remember? We're going to get to the vision part in just a minute. How does that apply today? Let's fast forward to the New Testament under the New Covenant go to the very end of the Bible in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and listen to the writer and from jesus christ the faithful witness the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his god and father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever amen so what here's what god did god brought into the new testament an old testament relationship he brought a divine partnership of kings and priests from the old to the new in the church today spiritually we still have kings and priests in this room in every campus there are men and women who are called to be kings and called to be priests we have in the church today kings and priests and it's critical that you find out which one you are as as we live our lives as believers of God we are very unique okay remember we're his family we're part of his dream But when he sent Christ and he redeemed us, he created something that's very unique because actually we live our lives on two levels at the same time. If you're a believer, you're living your life on two levels. Let's look at the first level. It's the personal level. And you, in the personal level, according to Revelation 1, 5, and 6, you will function in both of the offices. In your personal life, there are times that you function as a king. You have to fight for your family fight for your children fight for your job you have to stand up declare decree do spiritual warfare over your family bind and loose we've talked about that previously so in your personal life you are to to function as a priest to pray intercede for your family for your church and your loved ones but when you're a believer that's your personal life the other level you live is you live in the body of Christ, which is the church, if you're a believer, you're the church. The church is the body of Christ. So here's the second level: you're you're the church. In the church, you're either a king or a priest. You're not both. You're either a king a pri- in your personal life. You operate both spiritually. In a king in the church, you're either a king or a priest. So you have to know which one and you need to operate in it because the church suffers today because of the lack of understanding of ending of this why because the office of the king is not being fulfilled it's time to restore the office of the king in the church God's revealing that office back to the church and by the way I have been teaching this message to our church for almost 18 years okay now you may not have heard it but I've I've taught this for, for years because here's what I want you to see the office of the king in the New Testament church today is not being fulfilled it's time to restore, identify the king in our church, the kings in our church, and God wants to reveal that office back to the church. So when you live your life on two, spirit, on two levels at the same time, personal level and the body of Christ, the church level, you, you need to understand how it works for you, how it works in the church. But there has been pressure in the church to turn everybody into a priest. Because the ideal just, just has been planted that God loves everybody in the church, but he really loves the priest. He really loves the pastors because they're special and they're unique. And so he really loves them and they're important to God. So maybe I need to be a priest if I really want to be important to God. I have seen over 35 years of ministry I have seen people who have wasted their lives because when they were young full of zeal they thought the only way to really serve God is to go into ministry be a pastor and they should have never gone into ministry why because they were not called to be in ministry they were called to be kings God had a vision for them he had a plan he had an education route he had a direction he had something else but because of the church just unknowingly putting this emphasis on the pastor and elevating the pastor that's what I want to be and do so remind you again what I said innocent people always get hurt when kings try to function as priests So in the church today kings must be restored to the equation And listen we have no problems with priests that side that that side is overdeveloped Okay, and we, we have way too many priests compared we, we're, we're, we we really do we have too many not just in our church But in the whole kingdom of God in the Old Testament. It was easy for the kings to find their place In the Old Testament, the kings knew they're supposed to fight in the battlefields. Well, what's the battlefield of a king today in the 21st century in the New Covenant? What is that battlefield? It's the marketplace. It's where you work. The primary, watch, the primary responsibility of the priest was and still is, is to provide vision for God's family you are god's dream everyone at Sea you're god's dream you're god's family the primary responsibility of the priest is to provide vision for the family in the world today there are millions of men and women who have the ability to function as kings but because they do not have priests speaking the vision of God into their lives, they're scattered, and they're running, and there's no direction. And those who, res- those who make a lot of money and like athletes and different ones who come into that, and they have no spiritual priests speaking into their lives. They're scattered. They waste it. They're doing this and this. A king that does not have a priest of God speaking the vision of God into their lives, their lives end up being frustrated because they don't know their purpose. Because the money, the wealth, has taken the place of hearing from God. And, and priests, here's what we do, we generate vision. So when they, kings, are not connected to the vision of God, it's going to be exactly like the Bible says. In fact, the Spanish translation says, where there is no vision, the people are like wild, untamed horses. They're running all direction. So the primary purpose, of, the primary responsibility of the priest is to provide provision primary responsibility of the king is to provide Provision for the vision Provision pro means for for vision So provision is for the vision as a priest in the body of christ. Let me say your primary reason Listen to me. Listen to me campuses your primary reason for coming to church is that you Expect the priest to have heard from god and speak the vision of god into your life as a king And you have a right to expect that That's what you should expect. Here's why. Because God's vision is what keeps you on track to fulfill your purpose. You're not just on this earth. Listen, if all there was to it is get you saved and get to heaven, then as soon as you get saved, God will just kill your graveyard dead and take you on to heaven. No, he has a purpose for you being on this earth, and it was ordained before the world was formed. God's vision keeps you focused to stay in your lane, but you also have a responsibility to do and follow what God is saying to you through your priest. I'm talking about generations. I'm talking about what God's put in my heart. I'm not up here with some clever or some some sermon series. I'm telling you what God has put in my heart is this legacy thing. Do, Do you know that, let me show you what I mean. Last weekend at our campuses, we had almost one thousand children at our campuses You, you know what that means to me as a children's pastor that is exciting why because you're going to turn around twice and they're going to be teenagers you're going to turn around again they're going to be in college what are we doing we are putting the message of jesus into your children we are here to give you the vision that god has for your house and your family so your house and your family will be strong and be healthy It's to keep you in the lane so you don't wander off, so you can finish the race, you can leave a legacy. But, everybody say but. But. I can have all the vision in the world, but if I don't have provision, the vision will never come to pass. Please stay with me. Listen, just stay with me. The most important part of what I'm going to share with you is now. Listen, and you may need to go back and listen to this again you may need to stay for the next service or come to the five also I'm just telling you this is the most important thing I have to tell you today where I'm going now okay I can have all the vision in the world but if I don't have provision the vision never never comes to pass here's what I'm saying I need you and you need me I'm not some pastor in an ivory tower I'm a human just like you I'm one stride ahead of you in this race that's the way God designed it we're not perfect people we're not set apart we have been given the responsibility to God drop the vision in the heart so that I can lead people on one stride in front of you the calling to be a king listen to me is just as consecrated as as being a priest the calling to be a king is just as consecrated as being a priest and they are equal in the eyes of God we need each other God wants the kings and priests to function together for what reason to build the kingdom of God So more people can come into the family of God and go through the gates of heaven The greatest calling on City Hope Church is the building of the kingdom of God The kingdom can be expanded as we work together as kings and priests the battleground today for kings is the marketplace That's where you're going to get the provision needed the provision that you need for your house and the provision that God's house needs. We know that when you go to work on Monday, you had better hit the ground running. We know the phrase, it's a jungle out there. So you either need to be, you're either going to be a lion or gazelle. You'll either eat or you'll be eaten. It's a war out there. And, and 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 you have to watch all sides you have to you have to cover yourself There are cutthroats and cheats and people who take advantage and people do want to sue you to drop of a hat you got all this stuff going on out there but watch God has called you to be a king and go into the marketplace and be the head and not the tail Amen. to have the favor of God and the blessings of God on what you do and God watch and God will go with you into the marketplace he will go with you to your job, to your business. You, it's not a waste of time what you're doing. It's, you're not wasting your life. You're not wasting your life because you are not a priest and, and you're just functioning doing this job. No, God has you functioning there and it's critical to the well-being of the, ki- of the kingdom. God has called you and called me to put us together for such a time as this. We're not here by accident in the 21st century going into 2017. We're not here by chance. We're we're here by God's vision and purpose, and we're working together to build a legacy in this house and in your house. So when you... When you go into the marketplace with this ideal in mind, watch. God has called me to be a king that I might provide provision for the vision God says if you I talked about it last week if you lay down your dream and make my dream first then I will fulfill all the dreams that you have God says if you will operate within the principle of the first I will open the windows of heaven over everything and put everything you need in your hands God says if you will exalt him and go with that in your mind, he promises you can expect to see God to raise you up, exalt you, promote you, place favor on you, which is more important than money, so that you go into the battlefield, but you're advancing and you're moving and you're not stagnant. In other words, it's time for kings to stand up. So here's the analogy vision and provision go together like a horse in a wagon. The wagon is the vision. It's great because everybody can get in the wagon. But it's not going anywhere if there's no provision. Provision is the horse. But the kings have the horses. And some think, well, I've got the horse, then why do I need a wagon? That's how some kings think. But with that kind of thinking, then only you can ride. But if you hook the horse to the wagon, the whole family can go. The whole church can go. There's more to provision than just taking care of you and yours. There is a reason God blesses his children to be successful. Not only for your needs, but for the vision of God. And that's why he wants you to serve. That's why he wants you to give. That's why he wants you to tithe. And the the, the writer of Proverbs, another version of it says it like this. Where there is no progressive vision, the people are scattered and destroyed. Progressive vision. Not sitting back and stagnant, but progressive. Every vision from God is progressive, watch, in direct proportion to the provision provided by the kings in that local church. Let's say it this way. So the more provision provided, the more the vision progresses. Did you understand the words coming out of my mouth? Every vision from God is progressive in the direction, direct proportion to the provision provided by the kings in that local church. So the more provision provided, the more vision progresses, and more vision is accomplished. And, you know, I've been talking about it every weekend. That's why we're developing a legacy lane, and we're developing a legacy team. And and you can go on our website, and you can look at it, and you can study it all out. So so those who realize you're called to operate as kings and also want to reach out to the vision of City Hope and so the vision can be expanded, when vision is accomplished, then God gives more vision. It never stops. When that vision level is accomplished, he gives more and more and the process keeps going and going and going as long as kings see themselves as provision suppliers it'll go that way until Jesus returns because he can't give us all of the vision at one time it'd be overwhelming we we would just sit down we couldn't do it but as he gives us each step, and God's saying, listen, you're, you're missing out. I need to reconnect. I need you to re, 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 re-educate the people of City Hope. I need you to go back and, and pull this back up. Let them see how important they are. They're as important to this whole process of vision as you are. And I have noticed in the church, the king side is underdeveloped, and the priest side is overdeveloped. Listen, when that happens, the provision is underdeveloped, and then the vision is stopped. And so the priests start talking about. Listen, priests, we start talking about. Well, what's missing? Man, we got all this stuff God's telling us to do. I laid out four or five things last year and said, God willing, we're going to do this and this. I think we got to do one. As a ki- as a priest, you're thinking, okay, what's missing? Provision. Unknowing kings. Listen. Here's why so many business people don't feel the, 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 the correlation and the importance of being in a church because so, so, Sometimes kings they, they don't know and that's why they feel they don't realize how important they are they feel separated They, they feel alienated from ministry like well, you what, know what, what, what am I doing today? The church is full of frustrated priests speaking to frustrated kings and? So priests will say well people you, you need to give more you don't Why don't you give why don't you tie and kings say all oh, the priest does talk about money? I mean, all the kings, the, 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 the kings say, well, all the priest does is talk about money. That brings frustration and conflict, and I understand. But I think with you understanding your role as a king and understanding my role as a priest, that when I talk about tithing and I talk about giving and I talk about vision and I talk about all this, you realize your role is as important as mine. Mine is simply hearing and, and broadcasting and, and giving it away. Yours is saying, hey, we're going to hook up with you, we're going to make this happen, and we're going to let God open the doors for us, and we're going to get in here, we're going to build the kingdom of God. so why did God do it this way in the literal sense why why is it like this because listen when the generations come together I've said this in every message the enemy doesn't know how to stop legacy the legacy of Abraham Isaac and Jacob he he doesn't know how to stop that so all he can do is he brings confusion to the identities of priests and kings the enemy wants to break up the partnership between priests and kings even here between you and me he wants to break up that relationship because priests have a vision from heaven they can't ignore listen this is my, my vision it came from god i can't ignore it it consumes me it didn't come out of a book it didn't come out of somebody else said it is what god put him out. i can't not ignore it. it consumes me kings you have a calling from heaven to function as a king to divide and to conquer and take the spoils of the land to to produce provision for your house and God's house and many kings that they may not go to church you may not have gone to church where you were taught like this and so maybe maybe you have a calling on your life and maybe a doctrine that you've listened to that's contradicting and so you're frustrating and you're not fulfilled and so you've got all this inside of you and you don't know how to bring it to pass so for generation after generation in the church Vision goes on not being fulfilled. That is not the legacy I want us to have. Yeah, we just, we just did the same thing everybody else is doing. We just operated. We just, you know, we did this good. No, 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 no. There is a vision over this house, and we don't know it all yet. There's a, ner- there's a third level I've been calling it, or after 20 years. I've seen the first two. There's a third. I don't know exactly what all that is. But, but I'm not going to leave a legacy that we just pulled up and parked. No, we're, we're going to partner. We're going to go, and God's going to speak to you. He, I, I'll never tell you what to give. God will speak to you and tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. That's up to God and you. So what do we do? What do we need to do? Here's what we need to do. Listen, we need to cultivate the partnership. That's what legacy is going to do. We're going to cultivate the partnership and begin to respect each other's calling. I need you. You need me. The kingdom needs both of us together to build the kingdom of God. So remember, what you do in the kingdom, listen, will last for eternity. And that's what you will be rewarded for. Oh yeah, believers, you will be rewarded. You will cultivate what you sow for the kingdom of God. But you won't receive that here, you're going to receive it there. Here you're going to receive the provision for your house and your family and your children, and you're going to receive provision for more than God wants you to do for the kingdom. But I'm telling you, when you get that, what you're doing for a, for, for, for the kingdom lasts for eternity. What you do in the natural, it is not. You can't take it with you. You 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 can't. You you, you it, it it just has a temporal mean. It will it will go away. It will it will fall through the cracks. But what you do for eternity, when you sow into the life of people, when you sow into the kingdom, when you sow into camp, when you do all this stuff you're going to cultivate that when you get to heaven so let me finish with this listen to this king another king in second chronicles 2020 so they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoah. and as they went out jehoshaphat king stood and said hear me O judah and you inhabitants of jerusalem listen to what he said believe in the lord your god and you shall be established believe his prophets his priests and you shall prosper Here's the king talking, and he's saying to the people, Believe in God and believe in his prophets and his priests, and you will prosper. These people are about to go to war. That's where you're going tomorrow to work, to war. If kings are producing provision without proper vision, then their wealth is wasted. Men and women are born for conquest and without godly vision. It will drive them, instead of partners for the kingdom, they may become a workaholic, or they may become one who idolizes money, or they may get called into drugs or alcohol or sex or sport, whatever takes the place of God. It's a vision crisis because we're not connected to the priest of God who's speaking the vision of God. If a king has a right relationship with their priest, it will be all they can do to keep up with the provision for the vision for your house and your church did you hear me when we establish the right relationship not me using you not me manipulative motivating no 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 no, no. a pure relationship of here's the vision of God here's what we're supposed to do God speaks to you then I'm telling you you will not be able to keep up with a provision that he's going to bless your house with and here's how it works I could have said this one line and summed it all up but you would have been bored with a two-minute sermon so I saved it to the end The pastor sets the vision for the church, but the people set the pace, however fast or slow. The pastor's role is to cast vision. Their role, the people, is to set the speed of it happening. That's the vision. That's how God made it happen. I want you to do this for me. Your voice. You're a visionary from God. I, w- I want you to pray. I want you to serve. I want you to lead a group. I want you to tithe. I would tell you next week I'm going to talk about tithing, but then you may not come. Next week's the legacy offering, and you've been knowing that, so you may not come. But we know where you live I do have pastors on my staff that love the roll yards they're professional Josh and Ben these guys are pros at it all I got to do is turn them loose just saying but we will video it and put it on the screen first do this for me the things that I share with you to do the praying the fat all these things I'm doing it for your house I'm doing it for your good and the majority of you don't tithe but I'm telling you God's blessings will open up can you imagine you you may be successful now can you imagine how successful you will be when God opens the windows of your house because you brought the first part of it to the house? Why do you want to limit provision coming in by what you can do? Why not Take the limit off and let God do what only God can do. So I want you to pray and ask God what he'd have you give next week in the legacy offering. And let me tell you what this first legacy offering is about. Legacy is something new. It will be around with us till Jesus comes. And we'll do a legacy offering every year and it will be designated whatever. This gift is going to be to finish the Foley building. Foley's a couple years old, 350 people. They're meeting in a school. They need their own home. Uh, we, we want to supply for this campus the chairs, the furniture, the lighting, the projectors, and all of that. And, 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 and listen, yeah, we, we could borrow the money or, or we could take it from an account. But that, is not, that does not give kings an opportunity to sow into a group of people in Foley that are doing some phenomenal work for God. And by the way, five or six years ago, we did the same thing for Mobile. We raised the funds to put in Mobile, and, and, and that, they had about 150, 200 people in. Now they're 1,000 people strong. So those of you six years ago that sowed into that, you're reaping a blessing from that. You may not know it and can identify it, but I'm just telling you, When you may, so, what's happening in Foley is they need more room because they're going to grow. And, and, and six months from now, they could double. A year from now, they could double. Why? So I want to sow into that. And, and this is not your tithe because it, it doesn't work that way. It's outside of your tithe. It's above your tithe. You're going to sow into that. And, 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 and I want to be a part of that because I want to enlarge the gate of heaven in Foley. I had one of their men the other day tell me we were down at the site and he doesn't know it but he's a king maybe in this message you will identify yourself as a king now but he said to me pastor we need a building in Foley that will seat as many people as in Malbus. wow I don't know if you know where we're located in Foley but we're right across from this whole thing that's going on in the city and we got the whole tour of the other day I mean God could not have placed us in a better place it's kind of like God knows what he's doing I want to be part of that I want to invest in that. I want you to pray. Ask God. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Ask God what he would have you do. Listen, I'm finished. I, I know a lot of this you may not have picked up and whatever. I understand that. But, but I, I want to tell you this. God has put us together for this season and this season is for us to reach more people for Jesus than we've ever reached the harvest is ready in our communities its ready in new communities its ready let's don't miss out on the watch the vision God has for this house in the end of the end times because I kept a selected group of people of city hopers to do, a, a, to do one part of the puzzle and let's don't miss that part of the puzzle let's complete it and let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit what we should do it's not about the amount, it's about be, doing the best it's doing the best and, the, and God will tell you the best I promise you, already he always does. I'm still praying about it. I don't have it yet. I always do. I'm, I'm, I'm always, God, what, what should I do? What? The tithe is just a given, it's a done deal. That, that's, that, that's, that's, God, that's returning what's his. But giving above, I'm praying about it. I encourage you to do that. So, everybody, everybody okay? Okay. I want to pray for you as kings. Lord, thank you that you developed this relationship in the Old Testament, but you've moved it in to the New Testament. has a lot of different attributes, but the principle is the same. The vision of this house, the purpose of this church, is to be fulfilled and completed by the kings and the priests in the house. And you've promised us that what we make happen for you, you make happen for us that you will bless our house and our children and our marriages and our families and our health as we lay down our dreams and pick up your dream to build a kingdom. When we do that, then the windows of heaven are open and the blessings of God, not just financial blessings, but all the blessings of God in Deuteronomy 28, the first 14 verses, Lord, they all come on us and we live in those things and that is what City Hope Church is to do and to accomplish for the kingdom of God. Amen.